Publisher Podcast, episode 38. Okay, this is a fun interview. This is an interview that I did in the Women in Publishing Summit two years ago, I believe, but the information, as with all of these, while some things may have changed, is still completely relevant at its base. I'm interviewing my friend and just all-around incredible woman, Roshonda Pratt, and we're talking about some really important things that authors, particularly nonfiction authors and entrepreneurs, need to understand in order to market their book well, especially if they're trying to get media attention. So we talk about how to tell your story in a way that intrigues people, primarily the media, to want to become interested, um, how to do a press release the right way that will capture the attention of the media, and how to basically use live video to create buzz around your book. So Rashonda Pratt is an expert in all of these things, and she brought just an incredible wealth of knowledge and energy around this topic. So I'm quite sure you're going to learn quite a lot and just fall in love with Rashonda like I did the first time that I met her. Uh, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been, and I felt what you're feeling, and I don't want to get in your I am your host, Alexa Bigwarf, and today I am super pleased to bring you a new to me, but ironically lives like down the street friend. <laughs> Our children go to the same school, and it was her daughter that introduced the two of us. Rashonda Pratt is a digital media pioneer, empowering brands to tell their compelling story. As a storyteller and live video strategist, she utilizes her 20 years experience in the television news industry to transform, teach, and train brands to amplify their voice and monetize their story on social media through live video. Now we are going to get into why this is so important for us as authors. We're going to talk about all these amazing things. But first, we were just chit-chatting to the side, and I know that's not even a tiny bit of her story. So let's let's hear a little bit about you, about your book, and how you got started in, in this particular um, role. Sure. So it started really in the fourth grade. And before I even get there, start telling my story. I have to say, Alexa, thank you so much for being here um, and inviting me to be a part of this. I am so excited to be with you today. And really, um, I also owe my daughter like dinner and 10% because <laughs> she's now my booking agent. <laughs> It's awesome. Our little girls, they're amazing. Exactly. Amazing. So thank you so much for this opportunity. But yeah, becoming a storyteller strategist really started when I was in the fourth grade. Um, my West Indian father, my parents are from the beautiful country of Trinidad and Tobago. And, you know, back in the 80s, there was only one TV and there was only one remote. And nine times out of 10, dad had control of both. And uh, when I was growing up, you know, in the fourth grade, you know, my friends are watching Rainbow Bright and Gem, truly outrageous, truly, truly, truly outrageous. And I'm sitting here watching the news. <laughs> so I grew up watching Peter Jennings and Tom Brokaw. And one of the things that my dad told me then, he said, you know, as an American citizen, it's your duty to know what's going on in your country and your community. I should know more about your country than you do. 
And it really sparked this love and passion in me for stories, storytelling, but also being a journalist. So I started my path and my journey to becoming a broadcast journalist. I went to Winthrop University, go Eagles, and (laughs) got my mass communication degree and started right there at Winthrop while I was a senior in college with my first real paying job. I was working at an NBC station there, uh, WCNC in Charlotte, North Carolina. And that was like baptism by fire, honey. Uh I mean, that first year, it was like the Ray Carruth trial. It was 9-11. It was the war on terror. It was like all the major stories that have happened within the last 20 years. I've had the great pleasure and opportunity of being on the forefront of writing history. And it has been an amazing journey. And one of the things I learned from that journey of being um, a television news producer, an executive morning show producer, and then also doing some on-air stuff as an on-air personality, I learned that facts tell, but stories sell. Stories Mm -hmm. connect us and stories prompt action. And so when I got into the entrepreneur space, I realized that a lot of entrepreneurs have great stories. Yes. They have really great stories to tell. If you're an author, you have really great stories that connect your business to your ideal client, but they don't know how to really present that story or how to utilize the media to really build that instant know, like, and trust factor around their story. You know, I want to jump in here because I think this is really, really important. We talk about this a lot with our clients when it comes to book launching. And one of the main questions is, should we do a press release? Should I do a press release? And I've interviewed different media experts and some of them are like, nobody ever looks at the press releases anymore. They get buried at the bottom of the pile, blah, blah, blah. And then I hear other people in the news industry who are like, I'm only going to take your story if it comes to me through a press release. I'm like, you know what? It you may as well go ahead and write the press release. But I was like, but Might don't well. just write a press release that says, I just published a book because nobody cares. Right. Right. <laughs> Everybody nobody cares. is publishing a book. Right. So can you talk a little bit about, just while we're talking on that subject, like how you create, in particular for a book launch, how you right. create that story around that, that'll make a journalist say, oh, this mm-hmm. is something I want to cover. You know, that's a good question. Everybody's always asked, every time I do an interview, is the press release dead? And I'm going to say it is not dead. The reason why your press release ends up becoming um, junk that I write on in the newsroom, because <laughs> it's too long, you, don't, you haven't gotten to the point, and I'm not understanding what you're going to give as value to my audience. Oh, good the other thing that doesn't capture me is people give up what I call prime real estate. And they even do this when it comes to live video to Alexa. Prime real estate is that email subject line. Mm. If you don't grab me, I mean, journalists get 25 to 50 pitches a day. 25 to 50 pitches a day. Now, as a journalist, I'm not very good at math. Don't tell my children that. So you do the math. 50 times seven. That's a lot of pitches a week, right? Right. But how do you get yours to stand out? You take the time to make sure that Egypt, that email subject line, excuse me, grabs my attention. I have to give me a reason to stop, watch, and open. Mm -hmm. Or like I like to tell people on live video, give people a reason to stop, watch, and listen. Okay? So you have to have the subject line that grabs me. Then when we get into the body of the email, you cannot pitch me your book. Number one, I'm not going to have time to read it. 
And like you said, a lot of people are writing books. Right. But where is the value surrounded around your book that you can give to my audience once I allow you on my air? Because when I allow you on my air, that's free space. And so your due diligence and the way to say thank you for allowing you free space on my air is to show up rocking the interview for providing people with valuable content. That is the game changer, value around your book. Yeah, I love that. Um, so let's, I, I was at a digital book world conference in um, Nashville a few months ago. And I think this woman nailed this because she launched a book, um, a cookbook called the Gilmore Girls Cookbook or something like that. Like, she, Oh, I love it. Yes. But she like, you want to talk about right place, right time. When she decided she was going mm -hmm. to do this cookbook, because she loved the show, fanatic of the show, and she loved all the recipes that they were always doing, but they talked about all these food they were, foods they were eating, but they never shared the recipes or anything. So she went through this whole thing to go figure out the recipes and create a cookbook wow. based on all the things they eat on the show. About the time she was getting ready to launch this um, initiative, they announced that the Gilmore Girls was coming back on air. Do you remember that? Like two years yes. ago? When it, so she was like, oh my gosh, this couldn't be better. So she hooked into all those news stories and to all those people. Yes. What um, We are going to get to video, by the way, because this is her area of expertise. But before we leave this particular mm -hmm. area... Um, what happens if you feel like you don't have a story around your book? For mm. example, someone who is writing a book about how to write a book. Right. How do you make that sexy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a challenge I get a lot of times and questions I get from authors is like, okay, how do I make this sexy and how do I make it interesting? So how do you make that interesting? You start to hone in on doing research of the organization that you're pitching. For example, I love morning shows because morning shows are a great opportunity for people to pitch because it's two and a half hours. Some morning <laughs> shows are four hours. They got nothing but time. I said it. They don't have anything on their hands but time. And so they're looking for people to put in places and spaces for segments. So one of the things that you can do is tap into a morning show demographic. You have moms that are watching the morning show. You have people who may be stay-at-home entrepreneurs. So you start to study and learn the demographic of the people that you're pitching. And then what you do is you start to carve your niche or carve your story uh, to the people who are going to be watching. So we're going to do it right here. You just said, I write books about telling people how to write books. So you can say, Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you have some time where you have 15 to 20 minutes out of your day. And maybe your New Year's resolution is you've always wanted to write your story. Mm -hmm. I can show people three things they can do in 15 minutes a day to write their story. Ooh. Now, tell me, Alexa, honestly, I'm putting myself on the spot here. What did you think about that pitch? I think that's great. I mean, because first of all, you, you, in my opinion, you mm -hmm. nailed three really important things for this time frame. Now, granted, this will go live in March, so you'll have to start thinking about this for next year if totally. this is your way to pitch. But um, you nailed the fact that at Christmas time, moms spend a lot of money, so they're looking for a way to make some extra money, so potentially they could make money from writing a book. Okay, but that's why right. we're talking about sharing the story. Two, mm -hmm. almost everybody wants to write a book, but it's super intimidating. So right. now giving them easy things that can help them. And three, it's the new year. So everybody's doing all those this year. I'm going to. Right. So, thank right. you. You've just written my pitch for me to go out. <laughs> I did. You're welcome. Here, the news, here I come. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're welcome. I mean, it's really just taking that time to say, you know, so many times people want to pitch. You know, I just want to get those credits on my website. I want to be able to say I was on Essence or I was on NBC, CBS. But you really have to do your due diligence to say, okay, let me research who I'm pitching to to begin with. So that way my pitch is pitch worthy. Right. Mm -hmm. And my pitch lands a home run every single time. And so I'm going to go a little extra. For, we're going to take that same exercise and now we're going to do it for March. So now you're getting into the spring and you're getting into the fact you ready for this. People make New Year's resolutions in January, but by March they fall off. Right. So you told yourself, I'm going to write 15 minutes a day or I'm going to write this book. And you just keep telling yourself that every month. And now it is March and you haven't done it yet. So how you can make your dream of truly writing your book by the end of this year or in Boom. the next 30 days. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Same well, thing. Okay. And so this is a great place to just pipe in and say, anybody who thinks that writing and publishing a book as this is a, pu a publishing conference, thinks mm -hmm. that it's just a piece of cake and it's just going to land in your lap and marketing is going to land in your lap. It's not. You're what intentional. she said is painful to some people. Like she just said, you have to go research. You have to be intentional about it. You have to find the resources to help you do it if you right. want to do it on your own. I think those are, are really phenomenal tips because it's a question we get asked a lot. How do I find PR? How do I get my voice out there? How do I get on the news? How do I get in front of people? So that mm -hmm. makes a very great segue into your area of expertise. What I did not read to you about her bio is that she is an, uh, an Amazon bestseller with the book CEO of Live Video, which is a step-by-step -step guide on how to engage and convert your live audience. And this, I think, is something that is really, really, really important for people to know and understand these days because people want video everything. Yeah. So much easier to grow an audience and to um, engage with an audience. And books are any like any other product. They're something you are selling just like anything else out there. So, all right, lay it on us. Like what, what, why video and mm -hmm. how video? <laughs> awesome. You know, video and television are much the same. Because they both give you the opportunity to build instant credibility and to showcase your expertise instantly. Mm -hmm. And it's the, it's the new way that people are watching, right? You know, you see a Facebook Live or you see a Facebook Live and replay. That replay serves as video on demand. Right. You see a video live, you get an opportunity to engage with people live. Um, when we were doing television news for the past 20 years, it was us speaking at you. But now live video gives you an opportunity for you to speak with your voice, with your community, with the people who are watching you live. So it's a great opportunity to really instantly build the credibility, the expertise, but to build your know, like, and trust factor that you become the expert. <clears throat> mm -hmm. What if you're scared? What if you're terrified yeah. of being on a video? You know, I often tell people that video is also great practice for television. Because much of what you do here and how I teach people to craft their story and how to uh, put together their talking points is the same thing you do for TV. So you ace this, you get comfortable with this, you'll be fine when they say five, four, three, you're live. You'll be comfortable in doing that. How do you deal with the fear? One of the things that I say to deal with the fear is practice. So practice um, looking at yourself in the mirror. 
practice with your smartphone. Uh, Facebook Live gives us the capability um, to actually go live, but you're the only person that sees it. So you don't have to broadcast it to your audience or to the public. You can just go live, you know, practice, get comfortable, and then just watch it yourself. But to say that we're not going to use this platform, which I think is such a great opportunity for us to instantly build what I talked about, the expertise and credibility, but instantly go global. Think about it. You're in your home in South Carolina, but when I go live, I have people from St. Martin, Nigeria, Trinidad watching me on this platform, and I didn't have to use my, my passport. It's an instant <laughs> way to become, you ready for this, an international author. Yeah. Because now you're getting before people and you're telling them about your product, you're telling them about your book, you're telling them about your story, and nine times out of ten, you do it well, they're going to want to buy what you're offering. So that's, that's how video is so key and so important. And I see so many people who misuse it or don't use it at all because they don't understand the purpose of it. All right. So with, I think with entrepreneurs, it's pretty easy. If you're an entrepreneur and you've mm -hmm. written a book, you, <clears throat> easy, you, you have a lot of subject material, I would say, mm -hmm. because if you've written a book that's relative to your business, you've got all the content, all of your expertise, like there's endless things you can go about on a live video and talk, and right. talk about, you know, if you've written a book on digital marketing, you can go live every day of the week and give a tip on digital marketing mm -hmm. or how you do this or how you do that. So what about for somebody who is either, um, like brand new or is not writing a book that they have a lot of expertise behind. I shouldn't say expertise because we're all experts in our own story, mm -hmm. but um, I work with a lot of women who are sharing their grief stories. They've lost mm -hmm. a child or something like this. And it could be, um, you know, how, how can, how can someone who doesn't have like a whole business to fall behind all this extra knowledge right. information, how can they use video to help them, get out in front of people and, and talk about their book and, and sell their books? So one of the things that works well on video is transparency. Transparency is the new currency. Mm. Let me just say that one more time. Transparency is the new currency. People like transparency and like you to be vulnerable. Does that mean you're vulnerable to the point where you're crying all over the place? You know, I often tell people. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, Sometimes. It depends on what the day is, you know, sometimes. But you want to be in a place where you're healed and people are not experiencing your healing on live video, right? If you're comfortable telling your story, you're at peace with your story. If you get a little choked up because you know this is still a, um, a sticking point for you, but it's not to the point where you're weeping and it's still very painful to discuss. If you have gone through that process, your transparency of sharing your brokenness or sharing a place of hurt or abandonment can really set other people free. I tell people all the time that our stories give others permission. Our so stories, true. whether you tell it or you don't tell it, gives others permission. And so your story of brokenness, your story of pain, your story of hurt gives others permission. Uh, I'll give you a very transparent example of that. Um, the other day I shared a story about how I was flying to Baltimore for a speaking engagement and we've had a very busy travel year. 
I've been on and off planes all year. And I was sitting there looking out the plane and I started to have this reflective moment, Alexa. It's like what you have in the movies where they play the sappy music underneath and you know, you're looking into the horizon. I'm paying a picture for you guys, I'm a storyteller. So you're looking off into the horizon and you're looking at the wings and the hum of the airplanes in the background. And I look out to the sky and I said, wow, God, this is not bad for a girl who had low self-esteem. Oh. <laughs> this is not bad for a girl who repeated a grade, who was uh, you know, sexually assaulted. This is not bad for a girl whose life really had a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. And I posted that on social media. And so many people gravitated to that story. Mm-hmm. Then I went on Facebook Live and got a little deeper in that. I started talking about owning your story. So many times people want to see the glory, but they don't understand your story. Right. And you have to understand your mess, M-E-S-S, is a part of the message, M-E-S-S-A-G-E. And so when I started talking about you know, having to repeat a grade, all these people in my timeline who I think are absolute rock stars like, oh, I had to repeat a grade too. I'm glad my mama kept me back. And I was like, really? <laughs> I started thinking, started talking to Alexa about how I was so embarrassed about that for so many years, even into adulthood. I was just so embarrassed about that. But when I started to own that, no one can accuse me of being that any longer. Right, no right. one could hold that over my head because I owned it. And not only did I own it, I talked about it in a very transparent and freeing way. And it freed other people as well. I think that's such an incredible message to share with people because, um, you know, the, our, our theme and focus this year is using our words to change the world. And oh, I uh, yeah, I think so many women I know of the 40 books that we've published, like the majority of them are self-help, inspirational memoir they are like this is my market of women who who have a story to tell and i love the two of the things that i really want to re-highlight what you just said that the mess is part of your message but also making sure that people know you're past the mess and how you got there but then also that you know how important the power of that story is in in helping other people heal grow move beyond. But um, if someone feels nervous about, because I see some people that will strip a lot of their own personal story away from it and just get down to the like, here's how I built my empire. But in reality, that empire, they would have never been building that empire if they hadn't had all those things that happened to them to get them there. Um, What advice can you give to people who struggle with with sharing their story as part of their book or their message? You know, it goes back to owning it. When you own your story, all of it, no one could accuse you of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to a couple of singles on a live video. Uh, This was on Sunday. And they were talking about when you share your past with someone and then they try to bring it up and use it against you. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, no one can use my past against me when I've already reconciled it when I've already taken ownership of it. So you can't accuse me of that any longer. And then when it comes to places where it's tough, you know, I talk to a lot of authors and people who say, you know, I was assaulted and this is a tough for my family to discuss, though I want to put this in a book. You know, what about my family? You know, that the person, uh, the accuser is still a part of my family, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that I tell them is I was like, you know, give dignity to the person who didn't give you dignity. Mm. That's number one. 
you give dignity to the person who didn't give you dignity. And I think about that, um, you know, Joyce Meyer is a perfect example of that. I love Joyce Meyer. She's a minister of the gospel and she is a best-selling author, but she was assaulted by her father for many years. And she has publicly shared that story in books. And she's also talked about it from the stage. But one of the things that you will know and follow her pattern is you'll never know who her father is. Oh. Never. And he's alive. In fact, the, the other part of her story, talk about healing and forgiveness. Her father was diagnosed, I believe, with, this, um, with cancer, a deadly form of cancer. And she moved him in her home. <laughs> and her husband and her took care of her father. Wow, and her and and it was it ended up ministering to him. Her um her father um ultimately asked for their forgiveness and was basically telling them, "I can't believe you love me like this, knowing what I've done." So give dignity to people who haven't given you dignity, but also at the same time take ownership of the story in the sense of not owning what was done to you, but take ownership of this is what happened and this ashes is a part of the beautiful mess. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a, that's a really nice uh, way to look at it. Some people are better at healing and forgiving than others. <laughs> You're right. Cause I'm just like, wow, that is deep. That really, I, I, it, it's very deep. And I, I will say that if you're not willing to embrace the whole story and embrace um, the different pieces, then you may not be ready to put your word out because I, I have worked with some authors before that due to the impact that it could have on their family, they had to really mute the message that they were putting out there. And it made it a lot more difficult for them in the long run. So either you have to decide I'm ready to put this story out there and mm-hmm. I'm ready to share it and do yeah. it in a way that is, is dignified and, and right. Or, or I have to wait until, mm-hmm. you know, more time has passed or whatever the situation you know- is. For me, even with live video and sharing the fact that, you know, I've repeated the grade, that I'm a survivor of assault, one of the things that's important to me is I had decided that I was no longer going to be silent. Mm. I just decided that. I decided that there are people in my life for various reasons have tried to silence me for so long. And I just Mm. decided as an adult woman who's in a more healed place and really believing in this, you know, wearing the shirt, visibility is power. And that I'm called to messengers and people who need to understand they no longer remain silent. I had to live my message. Mm -hmm. And for you as an author, whatever your overarching message is, you're going to have to live that. And so whatever that message is, you have to decide that I'm no longer going to remain silent and that I am going to take my place and I'm not going to be a hidden figure any longer. Yeah, that's an important thing to understand and to, to grasp as the person yeah. like who's is out there. Um, can we spend a couple minutes talking about the logistics of sure. how you get started? I mean, because I think it's like one of those things where we've been doing video for a while. We totally get it. It's normal for us to just go click mm-hmm. live. But for somebody who is new to the idea of using video to share their story, can you just give some pointers on like what they need to have, how they should be doing it, even like what background, like right. little, th- little things to help make things go s- more smoothly. <laughs> right. So that's the, the background question. I'm going to go ahead and just address the elephant in the room because that's the question I get all the time because you guys see my sparkly background. And everybody's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I need to go out and buy a background. 
pump your brakes here. <laughs> Look at mine. <laughs> special. But you know what? Here's the thing that I love about your background. It's your personality. I can tell that books, see, there's a bookshelf mm -hmm. there. Books are important. So I like that. Um, this is what I tell people. Start where you are and grow. People oh, that's say, good advice. <laughs> start where you are, honey, and grow. A lot of people are looking at this as I have to be perfect. Number one, your audience doesn't want perfection. No, I mean, say that with me. My audience doesn't Does want, want perfection. Agree. They don't. They want progress because here's why they don't want perfection. Your audience is already struggling with perfection. They don't want more perfect people in their life. They want human people. So when I started on live video, I started on a platform called Periscope three years ago. Um, Periscope is connected to Twitter. Started on that platform. I didn't have a sparkly background. All I had was a white wall and a message in my heart. That was it. And I knew then that this was going to grow to something. And so as I grew and I started doing more videos, started doing more YouTube videos, then I made the investment in things like, you know, a tripod, mm -hmm. a sparkly background, um, you know, lighting around me and in the studio. I invested in those things. But when I began, best way to get lighting and up to this day, I love my ring light. Mm -hmm. But the best lighting in the world is God's natural light. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so get a window in front of you. So yeah. get a window in front of you, open the blinds, and let the sun shine in, honey. That's number one. That's deal with the lighting. Number two, I would say invest in a tripod, okay, because that way it can hold your device and you're not having shaky video because right. shaky video is a distraction. Right. I'm just saying. So invest in that. Um, so you have lighting, you have a tripod, you can have a nice clean back wall. So just a white wall or a gray wall, just a plain wall. Okay. And then the other thing is invest in really spending time in creating your content. So I'm at my desk here and I don't have one here, but one of the things that I do is I buy stacks of index cards and my message has to fit on that index card. So I don't write it out verbatim because 20 years of TV has taught me how to think like a producer. So I write down my three talking points or the one talking point I want to give them. What's the valuable nugget? And then what's my call to action? Because that index card holds me accountable because so many times, you've seen it, people yeah. freestyling, they start with one thing and they're off here, there and everywhere. That Again. was me. <laughs> that was me when I got started, so yes, I know. <laughs> So you want to rate it in because people are investing their time with you. So you want to make sure that you're a good steward over their time. So write down your talking points, map those things out and be intentional about what is the reason that I'm on live video. Am I on live video just because I have this app on my phone? If that's your reason, you don't need to go live. What is the reason and what's the end goal and what's the end game? Awesome. So if you're brand new, how long should you spend talking in those first couple of videos? That's a great question. Okay, so 10 minutes. And for the person who is watching this in panic, oh my gosh, she said 10 minutes. 10 minutes is the time it takes you to fold one load of laundry. Right. It's so 10 minutes is really not long. And the more you do it, the more you realize, oh my gosh, I can go 15 minutes. Now, we are discovering over the course of time, um, you can go longer on, on Facebook Live. You can go 15 minutes, you can go an hour, you can go two hours. We're discovering that Facebook doesn't really play well with longer form video. It's really for YouTube. 
That's what some people are finding out. But again, my friend, it goes back to your audience. For my audience, they'll hang with me for two hours. <laughs> Those are some dedicated people. <laughs> they are. I mean, they find me entertaining. We may bring in the baby. I mean, it may be a family affair. I mean, people will hang with me. I mean, I've done a show close to two hours. And I was like, I can't believe I was all that long. But people like it, right? Yeah. So it just really depends on your audience. But the bear, the basic, is 10 minutes. Well, and I want to say like, you have to train your audience as well. Yes. Because in the beginning, especially when they first, they're like, Oh, why is she going live? What's happening here? What's, right. What, this is new. Um, she's kind of a mess. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's what my, <laughs> Whoa, what happened? No, but they, like, it takes a little while before people realize you're looking for engagement as well. And then right. when once people start commenting and engaging with you, then that's when it really starts turning into longer things too, I would guess would be. Right. Experience. Because you have to engage with the audience. Again, remember what I said about television, television news or television is we're going to speak at you. Mm -hmm. But with this platform, I'm going to have a conversation with you. So you want to engage with your audience. You want to call them in. Hey, Alexa, glad to see you. Hey, Katie, glad that you're stopping by. Charlene, glad to see you. Now, you don't want to go into a roll call because that also <laughs> alienates your office. They're like, well, what are, what are we doing? Is this class attendance? Right. Recognize people as they're coming into the broadcast and you want to engage and read their comments because, again, they want to be seen. Everybody wants their name called oh, yeah. by their favorite broadcaster, right? Oh, yeah. You want to be their favorite broadcaster, so they want to hear you call their name. Just imagine you hop on and Oprah's live. And we see, <laughs> I see mega personalities doing this. Oprah's live, and she's actually reading comments, and she says your name. I don't know about you, but I'm going to die. Fangirl moment. <laughs> oh, she said my name. She said my name. Right? Oh, she knows me. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I think about when I was on CBS to talk as one of their social contributors for the day and Sherry Shepard said my name. I was like, oh, she said my name. Like, I was like, ah. So, I mean, seriously, it's, it's exciting, right? You, 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 you want to get into that vein. So, again, you want to loop those people in and start building a community and tribe of people. And here's the thing. You do that consistently. You engage and connect with them they'll start being your brand ambassadors and they'll start bringing their friends over to watch you live. This is true. This is true, which is why it comes back to it. So two questions mm -hmm. here. I don't want to lose either of them. So I'm going to ask both of them and then we can go back to them. The, it brings it back to knowing your story and knowing who you're trying to connect with and what you're trying to do. And yes. then, but the, the logistical question that I wanted to get to before we talk about that is um, should people be doing these on their main Facebook wall or on a Facebook business page. So if you're selling a product or service, I think you should have a business, uh, excuse me, a business Facebook page, because <laughs> here's the thing I'm having getting tongue tied here. Here's the thing. Facebook rules can shut down your public, your personal page if you're selling on it. And I see so many people doing it just because you haven't gotten found out yet doesn't mean that you're not breaking Facebook rules. Remember, guys, we are renting these platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, Twitter. We're renting these spaces. It does not belong to us. Hence the reason why you need a website. I'm just going to throw that out there. 
and an email list and an email list. list. (laughs) So back to social media. So I think you should have a page. So to the people who are like, Oh my gosh, I have three people on my, you know, business page. Then that means you have to be intentional about moving those people from your personal page over to your other page. That's one of the things I learned in TV, Alexa. I mean, I couldn't believe it. You got to tell people to do, do things. And we would do in a newscast at least three times, tell them what to do. You can watch the news and see it. They'll tell you what to do. For more on this story, click on the big red 10. To, right. to hear more of this interview, go to www. Uh, we have some background information. Go to our Facebook page. That's them telling you what to do. And guess what? We pull out our devices and we do what they tell us to do. Right. It's the same thing with your audience. You have to consistently tell them where to go and they'll start to follow you there. That's great advice. So put put it on there and then be intentional about your story so that people know who they're trying to bring with them and who you're watching. Don't try to be someone else. We have enough Periscope phonies and Facebook fakers. We have enough of that. Be authentically you because that's what people connect to. Mm -hmm. Think about the people that you love to watch on live video. There's a reason why you connect with them. There's something internally that you see yourselves in them or you feel like, oh, that could be my best friend or that's, you know, that can be my business bestie in my mind. She's my coach and mentor. So create that same relationship with your community and be intentional in doing so. So you mentioned call to actions. I would love for you, for those people who um, have never done a video or don't do a lot of call to actions, what does that look like? What are those? Sure. So I'll give you an example. Here's a call to action. Guys, thank you so much for watching tonight's Media Monday. I'm The Rose Show, storyteller, live stream strategist, and heartfelt producer. Listen, I want to help you find your voice, clarify your message so you can go impact the world in 2019. Here's how you can do it. Go over and join my free Facebook Live community. That's a call to action. It doesn't always have to be you selling a product. It shouldn't. It's 80-20, right? 80% value, 20% sales. Another time a call to to action could be, hey, go over and um, we have a free digital download for you. Or, hey, you know that you need help with X, Y, and Z. Or maybe this part of the story has resonated with you in my book. I would love an opportunity to do a one-on-one strategy session with you. Go to this link. Mm-hmm. Those things are calls to action. It goes back to, again, what I said earlier. What do you want your audience to do now that they have been in your presence? You're amazing. You rocked it out. Now tell me what to do. That's awesome. Uh, and for people who are building businesses, particularly around their book, and their book is just one part of it, I mean, you can, you can start brainstorming here and think about how the options are absolutely endless. Now, yes. what about, I don't know, this may stump you, this may throw you off, because I know you work largely with entrepreneurs, so I did not prepare her for this question. <laughs> give her no matter what comes out of her mouth. <laughs> This is your test. Uh-oh. No, I'm just kidding. So for what about the people who are um, either fiction authors or they only have one book or they're not selling anything else other than their book? Like, is there a way for those people to still mm. use video to capture their audience and to grow their platform, even if it's not like they don't have all these other services or things to offer along with it? Yes. One of the things I saw recently, you can do this right. I want you to do it. And when you do it, tag me in it. I have seen at least two to three business entrepreneurs. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this, Alexa? I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm waiting. (laughs) They do story time. Oh, my gosh. 
they go. I'm rolling my eyes because it's like, that's so simple. Why don't we think of this before? <laughs> I was like, are you this one girl read Dr. Seuss, my favorite Dr. Seuss book, All the Places You Will Go, right? My yes. favorite book. Read it. And then with each page, she went and dissected and talked about how this pertains to entrepreneurs. I said, drop the ball. Shut the front door. This is too much. So you can do story time. Take a time from your book and read from your book some passages and how it can apply to someone's life or to someone's story or what you were thinking when you wrote that. Give people yes. the behind the scenes. Take them through the process. Or here's another thing that you can do. I'm dropping major nuggets for you guys here. Oh, here's, yes, you are. <laughs> here's another thing that you guys can do. I've actually done it and talked to one of my clients and she did it as well. Do a virtual book signing. Oh, bro, what does that look like? I'm glad that you asked. So what I did was when I launched my book, CEO of Live Video, I did a teaching about connection, right? And I was talking about how do you connect to your audience on live video. And I said, guys, if any time while I'm reading this book, it's really resonating with you, listen, put your, um, here's the PayPal link. We have pinned it. Go ahead and order your copy of the book. Then what I did was I had someone off to the side who was looking at my email and they said, oh, Cynthia just ordered a book. Cynthia, thank you so much for watching and thank you for ordering your book. I'm going to sign your copy right here to Cynthia. Oh, Continue to God. shine online. <laughs> that's one of the smartest strategies. You know why that's so smart is because we all want to keep up with the Joneses. So yeah. now I just saw Cynthia get us a live signed copy and I'm like, right. Oh, I'm doing there's it. Mine. <laughs> there's mine. I did it. It was genius. People were just like, oh, my, and this people were just dropping. And they said, did I miss an opportunity to get a signed copy in the replay? <laughs> and I said, no, you can still get a signed copy. Now, I'm not live anymore, but I'm home with my kids and my PayPal's going cha-ching, 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 and I'm signing books. Ladies. This is why we do this Women in Publishing Summit, because it allows us the opportunity to be women around a topic that has been so male-dominated for right. so long. We need to sell like women, and this is how women buy. We buy in groups. We buy by peer yep. pressure in, yep. in a good way. We buy because it's what everybody else is doing around us. This, mm -hmm. That's such a great idea. There was something else I wanted to say about it, and I've lost it, but because that's what happens. <laughs> you just, but you know, I mean, that's, it's such a great idea. And to, to do, it doesn't feel salesy. This is what I was going for. Like mm -hmm. we're so often afraid to sell ourselves and yeah. our product and doing something like that will pump you up in a massive way and give you so much more um, enthusiasm and um, uh, it, like uh, self Esteem. Yeah. I'm going to even give oh you the rest of the strategy. One of the things that we did here, because I love Alexa, so I'm giving you guys like the major strategy here. <laughs> One of the things that I did was to get my audience excited about it is I created a Facebook event, live book signing. And so oh, I created yes. it as a Facebook event. We talked about it over, you know, 24 hours. Hey, you got to be there. People were like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And they joined live. I did a teaching from the book fiction author you can do a reading from the book give people a background of your thought process on why you wrote this what you were thinking what you were experiencing emotionally give people the why take them on the journey and then say hey guys we have a bit.ly link right there if you want to order the book order it right now and i'll sign your book live oh ben thank you so much for ordering your copy signing your copy right now it'll be in the mail tomorrow 
and then you just continue talking as it continues to drop the, you know, ding, ding, ding. And people are buying the book. It's amazing. I'm sorry. I'm taking notes here. I know I'm going to go back and write this later, but like one of your, one of your take ways from this has got to be how to smash a live Facebook um, book launch. I mean, Seriously. <laughs> because my friend did the same thing for her thrift book and it was amazing. And she was just said, um, you know, friend slash client said the same thing. She's like, I'm going to go and do that. I said, go ahead and do it. She did a virtual book signing. It was amazing. And that we did a so whole cool. thing roll out with her. Don't go thrifting without me book. And it was amazing. People were just like, Oh my gosh, we love this. How are you using live video? There's well, we always may have to give that. a shout out to your friend because don't go thrifting without me. Sounds like a book I need to have. <laughs> oh, she's fun. amazing. I have to introduce you to her. She's amazing. So she's got me into thrifting. Like I was just like, I may never go to a mall again. <laughs> oh, Any way we can save money, make money right. and save money. Yes. Uh, that is, that's such a good idea. And you know, I think all of these, all of it, this whole thing has been such a good idea. And what I want to tell to people is also if you're planning on doing a live event like this and you've never done video, mm. then having all of these practice moments ahead of right. time, I would not suggest just as somebody who had to get over a fear, like you'd never know it now, but there was a time when I would shake sitting here doing these interviews. Wow. But, um, it takes practice. It takes so yeah. much practice. And so don't have your live author event be your debut to video. No, because <laughs> what you have to get used to is you have to get used to reading the comments, engaging. There's a lot of moving parts, right? Uh, maybe you have someone off the side who's like slipping you a little post-it and saying, you know, this person just bought a book. So you got to get used to all those moving parts. And at the same time, I got to remember, I got to deliver content. I got to, you know, continue to be present and show up. Keep so it's a lot moving. of moving parts. Yes. So you shouldn't do that. You know, another way that you can do it. Oh my gosh, this is really good. What I'm about to say, you could actually do a live author interview. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so you can have someone there with you conducting the interview and interviewing you on the spot about your new release. And people can be fielding, fueling in questions. Exactly. Oh my exactly. gosh, so cool. The possibilities for authors when it comes to live video is endless. And I just want to say this, ladies, it goes beyond the fact of here's my book, buy it. No, we got to think a little bit in, intentional and also creatively in order to do that. And, you know, one of the things people are, because it's, it's a big investment to self-publish or even hybrid yeah. press or whatever. So uh, often the question is asked, which I always tell people is the wrong question to ask is, will I ever make the money back from publishing a book and, and book sales? And I'm like, that's the wrong question to ask. You got to right. look bigger than that because if that's mm -hmm. where you're focused, you're going to struggle. But I can see this being a really effective tool for people who are trying to make a little bit of money to make up for the expenses even before book launch by doing a pre-order sale like this too, where maybe you've got some swag that you're giving away in this live event. Yeah. It's, not your, it's not your official launch. It's your pre-launch. Are you doing a live event to announce the launch? You know, whatever. I've okay. done it. Yeah. I've done, I've done pre-sales on books that are not, finished necessarily. I don't know if I should have said that out loud. But I'm and I think it's a smart move for anybody who's writing a book and you're sitting here looking at the bills, cha-ching, 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 they're yeah. adding up. You just paid the cover designer. You just paid the editor. Right. When am I going to see money back from this book? I think it's a fantastic way um, to, to make some money before the book actually goes out. 
as mm-hmm. long as you're actually going to finish the book, don't right. forget. <laughs> yeah. and you know, <laughs> here's the other thing too that's awesome too. You can also, man, th- okay, I got to say this again, ladies. This, I'm telling you, this interview, and I'm not just saying this because I'm here, because if I was on the other side listening to me, I would say, this interview with Rashawn and Alexa, like we are helping you leverage your story. We're helping you monetize. So please, whether it's me or any of the other speakers, do not take this lightly and just say, oh, that was great. You know, we write down notes, but we don't do anything with it. We are investing our time in you. So please do something with the information that we we're giving you. It's the doer that's blessed. So please do something with this, right? So I'm going to tell you another thing that you can do is I love to repurpose um, live videos. So say you did a live video and you're teaching something and you're just like, man, that was some serious golden nuggets. So if you're doing a pre-order for the book, right, you can take that live video and make it a bonus buy or a bonus that comes if you buy the pre-order of the book. Yeah. Because nothing is wasted. I don't believe in yeah. wasting anything. So yes. I repurpose my content all the time. I repurpose my live videos to do other things. Um, the list goes on and on. Bonuses are huge for pre-orders. Yes. Because a lot of people like, I mean, you have two types of people. You really do. Mm-hmm. You have the people that could care less about bonuses and they just want the good content of the book. Yeah. And then you have the people like me that are like, what? I can pay $15 and get $2,000 worth of bonuses from all these. Yes, do it right now, right now. Yes, yes. So, you know, you want to market to the people like me who are all about those bonuses. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, oh, there's a bonus for doing that? Oh, sure. And it didn't really cost you anything extra because you already had it hanging. Yes. And you make you it time sensitive, there. right? Because the bonuses right. they're only available if you purchase within X window. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, on that note, I feel like I should make the disclaimer that you may not give bonuses as an incentive for people to buy your book on Amazon or leave you a review. So <laughs> just thank you for saying up. that. Thank you for saying that. Yes. We don't want to get ourselves removed from Amazon for breaking <laughs> terms of service. Right. Please play by the rules. But if you want to pre-order a book from me, you can do it all day long for the right. bonus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm sure this is just scraping, like, the surface of all the things that you teach in your book, mm-hmm. right? Because you yeah. give it all to us, I'm sure. So <laughs> but I gave you some really good stuff. You gave us some incredible <laughs> stuff. I'm sitting here thinking if this is what she gave to us in an interview, um, but what you want to talk a little bit about your book and what sure. else? So I wrote this book, CEO of live video. I have to give you the background story on a dare. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was uh, seven or eight months. Yeah. About seven months pregnant going into my eighth month, I believe it was. And um, just know I was very pregnant <laughs> and I was talking to a friend about leveraging and doing some things on LinkedIn. And she says, um, you need to own your expertise. And I said, yeah, I'm already doing that on live video. And she said, you need to write a book. And I said, yeah, that's going to come. And so I said, you know, I'll do that in 2018. And she said, no, I need you to do that now. And I said, do you understand? I'm very pregnant, having contractions. (laughs) That's why I want this book to come before the baby. No, you don't understand. And so she said, I just dare you. I think you can get it done in 30 days. So the book I was going to write, Alexa, was um, How to Think Like a Producer. Mm -hmm. This book was already done, six chapters. 
I was like, okay, I'm already halfway there. I just need to go get it edited. Well, guess what happened, my friend? The book disappeared. Oh, I couldn't no. find it on my laptop. I couldn't find <gasps> it on any drives. No. I couldn't find this book anywhere. And so now it's 24 hours and I'm going through literally a period of mourning. Because oh, I'm like, gosh. I told this person I'm going to write this book. Where's this book? I can't find it. And so by day two of me pacing, I'm just like, okay, where is the book? What, what is going on? And so I just went into prayer. I said, Lord, I want to be an author. Give me the insight. Where is the book? And he said, I want you to write a book called CEO of Live Video. And I said, CEO of Live Video? He said, yes, the three things that you must do in video. Connect, engage, offer. Oh. And I said, it's a tricky, what, what do they call that when you, <laughs> I was like, it's an acronym, which if you yes. know me, I love an acronym. I live for acronyms. And I said, really? And so I wrote this book literally in 30 days. I launched it on October 5th of last year. My daughter was uh, born November 5th. So I joke with people. I birth babies and bestsellers. Uh, less Simultaneously. Than <laughs> pretty much. Less That's than 24 crazy. hours, it became um, an Amazon bestseller. It won in the social media category. Um, we have about 20 Amazon reviews. And people have literally said that this is the textbook on how to do live video. And I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be helpful to help people understand how to really use this platform to really connect to people in a deep way, to really 10X your engagement, and then how to make an offer, how to do life with people after they've seen you live. And so um, this book really has given me the opportunity. I tell people all the time, this is your business card. Yeah. For authors absolutely. who are contemplating, should you write? This is the business card that you give people because I've been in places and spaces that this book has taken me that I could never even uh, imagine. And um, I have just been very blessed. My dear friend, who is a 20 year um, Emmy, Emmy award winning um Emmy award-winning anchor, excuse me, Darcy Strickland, who's known. I love Darcy. Yes, Darcy's amazing. She wrote the foreword for the book, which I'm so blessed that she did. And she talked about in the book, she said, if anybody knows how to do live video well, it's you, Ro. And so I've just been very blessed and with what this book has opened. And we just, um, we're going to release next year, um, in 2019, CEO of Live Video, the workbook. Ooh. So people are going to be able to work through their live video and getting prepped and ready for that. Okay. So a couple of things, like I yes. know this is going long, but this is oh, so much it. goodness. This is so much goodness. <laughs> a couple of things that I want to circle back around. So people who have not finished their book yet. And, and now I'm talking to the entrepreneurs in the group because yes. for fiction writers, I don't encourage you to write a book in 30 days and publish no. it. It takes too much character development, all of that oh, kind of stuff. Totally, totally. But you can start working on your live video strategy while you're building the characters. Right. But for entrepreneurs, you already have so much stuff right here. So you've much. Written it, repurpose it. Get I didn't even know it. Right. And I didn't even know it. Are you ready for this? Here's the, here's the secret. I mean, and I know Joyce Meyer, TD Jakes, all the people we, we admire do this. I was like, okay, how do I even start writing this book? That's my and book. I, Ditch right? the fear and just write it. And it's how right. you get started. How you get, there you go. Get her book. 
And I was like, how do I start this? And here's the thing that was so amazing about this journey and really was a God moment. God reminded me, he said, Rashonda, you transcribed two of your live videos. That content goes into this book. And I yes. said, what? Yes. And when I started looking at it, I said, oh, and it started just flowing. And here's the thing. I'm pregnant. I'm already having Braxton Hicks. I'm not sleeping. So instead of watching Beaches for the 15th time, why not write a book? Use I'm it. already up. Yes. So they don't have to read my book anymore because that's basically what I tell them is to stop wasting their time and just, your time. You know, sit down, get what you already have, start putting it onto paper. And that's the other big question that people are, yeah. they get, don't get hung up in the how, just, just write start. it, just put yeah. it, Google Doc will work. Will right. work, you know, yeah. wherever you need just to. get started. Whatever, and no, and no more excuses, no more yeah. excuses, ladies. If because that, here's the thing I want to talk about excuses, yeah. I think about the fact of what was going on in my life at the time. Yep. When I wrote this book, I told you I was very pregnant, yep. I was preparing to have a baby, I was uncomfortable, like nobody's business. On top of that, you know, we had life happening. Right. Um, things going on with our family and, and things happening and challenges and all of these things. And that was baby same, number four, right? Yeah, this baby so, number four. So you were full. <laughs> I was full. <laughs> and so we had all of these things happening at the same time. And what you have to do is challenges come, but you just have to press through. And I think about all the times while I was writing this book up at two and three o'clock in the morning, literally sometimes tears falling. And I'm saying, this is so ridiculous, Rashonda. Just quit and pick it up after this baby is born. And I pushed through and we published this book. And to hear people share stories of me, of, to me about Rashonda, I read your book. And literally I was at an event in Nashville and this lady took a stage and stayed up till four o'clock in the morning reading my book. And she said to me, I'm not going to do live video, Rashonda. That's not my thing. But your book, convicted me to live my life and to start showing up live for me. Wow. And I sat there in that wow. moment, right? And I had to go back. I was just like, what did I write in here? I need to read this again. <laughs> but I started asking myself, what if I never wrote it? Right. What if, and this is what I tell people all the time, and I'm about to tell you, and this is going to convict you, but this is also, I pray this sounds over and over in your ear, that when you don't show up, when you don't write that book that your audience is waiting for, you subject them to working with someone who does not have their best interests. You know, I, you know, because they're waiting for you. I, I right. I've gotten really into the woo-woo stuff in this last year, and I will just say that I really truly believe that, like, I am the answer for somebody. So yes. if I'm not doing the things to get in front of that somebody, then I miss them, and they don't get what they should have gotten. Either. They don't get what they should have gotten. Or are you ready for this? This is the challenging part. Or they work with someone who doesn't have their best interest in heart. Exactly. How many stories have we heard of that? Of people is like, I've invested with this person. I did this with this person and yes. they didn't get what they wanted. Why? Because you didn't show up. You decided that you were too busy. You decided that, oh, I don't have a real story. You decided that you want to get into pride instead of getting into purpose. Mm -hmm. And this book, your book is your purpose. Oh my gosh. I love it. Man, see there, you got some in, you got some information on going live. You got some information on book launches, and you got some straight up preaching. So, 
<laughs> way more than you anticipated in this. <laughs> If I, I think we mentioned it at the beginning, but Ro and I just found out that our kids go to the same school, which is how yeah. connected. So we are we are about to become local best buds. So. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally. This is awesome. You know, you can barely see it up in the top corner of my screen up there, but I have a little um, I have a little one of those fancy print thingies with a little you know saying on it, and it says. Mm -hmm. Dreams don't work until you do. And I feel like that's very so appropriate for this conversation because we can all have big goals of the book that we're going to write and the lives that we're going to right. impact with those. But if we don't actually do the work, and it is work, but it's fulfilling work. It is fulfilling work. And this is, and like I said, so many speaking opportunities, but so many lives have been impacted because I decided to push through the challenges and write this book. People call it the textbook of going live. That's what they said. I'm not saying that, but I'm just honored by the fact of how many people who have been blessed and how many people, their lives have changed and their money has changed and their visibility has changed because guess what? People want to be seen and heard. Live video is a great way to do that. Well, you know, you can hop on over to Amazon or you can just read right below in the links because we will have the link to this book um, so that you can go grab it. She's given us so much great contact, uh, content today. What would you like to wrap up your session with? Right. I'm going to wrap up my session with saying, you know, what I like to say, and that's on my shirt. You are a VIP and your visibility is power. You have to decide that it's time out for you playing small, for you being hidden, for you not showing up fully. You've done a couple of cool things in 2018. You've shown up about 20%, but in 2019, we need you to be full on and we need you to be full on committed because your visibility is power, your visibility is impact, and your visibility is profit. Oh, I love it. That's a, that's a big goal for this year, <laughs> but I love it. Thank you so much, so, so much for all the great information, for all the laughs. This was a really fun interview. I enjoyed it tremendously. Same here. This was awesome. Yes, all of your content, all of your information will be below so people can follow you everywhere. And um, we need to be Facebook friends. Totally. <laughs> And, and real life friends. <laughs> so, exactly. I totally agree. Uh, thank you so Coffee much. soon. Very yes. soon. Yes. All right. Have a great day and um, go follow Ro. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.